Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm joined by Paul McCormack. Innovation Manager at Belfast Metropolitan College. Uh, welcome to the show, Paul. Shane, many thanks. Good morning. Uh, just to kick things off, could you tell me a little bit about your background and what you're doing now? Hey, engineer in mid-50s. I worked in engineering since I qualified from Ulster University Georgetown. Worked nationally and internationally for many leading firms. The last 30 years working in renewables, and looking to bring more renewables online as a solution to what was or is our climate challenge and to become more of a circular economy. This last 10 years, looking with hydrogen as an energy vector to answer some of those problems, to overcome some of those hurdles and bring more, more and more renewables in. As I said, about 10 years ago, we would have been the, the hydrogen mavericks of the world on our own, a couple of lone voices because we saw the potential Yes, there's been different hydrogen opportunities before, but because of different circumstances, it never materialized. But now we're in the middle of a perfect storm. We need to address our climate challenge. We need to address all those issues. We need to get new sectors, new opportunities, new economic growth post-COVID. The European Union have the twin pillars of recovery, post-COVID digitalization and the green economy. And we find that hydrogen is the, one of the main buzzwords in that new green economy. And we want to make sure that Ireland is well placed in that hydrogen revolution and making sure that we take full advantage of that and economically, environmentally, socially and commercially. That's great, thanks. So um, I was just wondering if you could briefly explain what the GenCom project is and what the project is aiming to achieve. As part of our, our goal in driving hydrogen forward, we brought together a consortium of partners from France, Germany, Brussels, Ireland and the UK and we put together a project looking at how we take renewables into the head using hydrogen as the catalyst for growing that and we developed three projects bio to hydrogen with pure energy center in stornoway solar to hydrogen with aegis in germany and wind to hydrogen with energy in northern ireland of long mountain and that's looking at those three those three renewable opportunities and building a model to allow people to replicate and duplicate and to carry that forward the enabling support tool, which carries all of that data and gives informed information and informed decision making, been developed by National University in Galway under Dr. Roy Monaghan. And that's allowing the work that we have done in those pilots to be duplicated and replicated and enlarged all across Europe. Take the learning from there, use the enabling support tool and carry that forward. It's about generating energy secure communities. That's where the acronym GenCom comes from. And rather than have communities at the end of the energy chain, we want to put communities in charge of their own energy chain. Use their local renewable opportunity, use their local energy opportunities to create environmental stability for themselves, but energy resilience for community growth. And looking at those opportunities, as I said, through wind, bio and solar. We're now moved into phase two of GenCom with new partners in from ATSIS and from the uh, University of Luxembourg looking at the mobility of hydrogen, how we use hydrogen to address public mobility, specifically in buses and bus transport. Trials ongoing in Belfast at the minute with Translink, there are hydrogen buses on trial with a bus around in Dublin. 
We're looking at developing similar routes across the Aegis plans there and with the University of Luxembourg. Again, looking at what we call the hydrogen hinterland, what's available in the renewables and how that can be transported, used in, as hydrogen to address public mobility uh, in the regions. And then planning that out, the, the, we've taken the, the enabling support tool now to be an investment support tool, and that's been driven again by National University of Galway and allowing people to see the real opportunity of what's in their hinterland, what can they use with hydrogen, and how they address that mobility. So it's the expansion of GenCom to create more energy resilience within the communities and give them the pathways to hydrogen usage that they can use in their own regions. The GenCom project is, as I said, is looking at different types of renewables for hydrogen, but at different scales for different uses, and using that as a demonstrator project through our GenCom website and through our quarterly newsletter, demonstrating across Europe and wider how hydrogen can be utilised for those hard-to-abate sectors, not just the low-hanging fruit, but how we move that forward. And one of our goals now moving forward is to work in one of the other areas of renewables is geothermal, the forgotten cousin of renewables, and how we generate hydrogen from that as well. Again, seeking solutions to our current climate crisis here. That's great. So what would you say was the inspiration behind the GenCom project? There'll be a number of different factors that would be the inspiration. There was ourselves looking at the, the environmental benefits. There were partners we brought in, such as energy and others, looking at the economic benefits. And we're yeah. able to marry the two. There's no sense coming out with just environmental benefits unless it makes sense. It has to stack up both environmentally and economically. And with the wind farms, their curtailment and the dispatch, we're able to use that goal, use that lost asset, turn it into hydrogen so it gives that income and it allows people to invest. People will not invest unless there is a return. And that return has to be an environmental return, but also an economic return. And by demonstrating the, the wind to bio, a wind to hydrogen, sorry, the bio to hydrogen is stored away, which is a closed loop plant there, and the solar to hydrogen eats us for uh, refueling cars. It shows that the hydrogen has optimum uses. It's not going to be a silver bullet. It's going to be that silver buckshot where in partnership with other energy vectors, it will be able to answer our climate crisis problems in different ways across different parts of Europe. Yeah, so um, I saw you do work with Hydrogen Ireland, so I was just wondering if you could speak a bit on what your role is at Hydrogen Ireland and what Hydrogen Ireland does exactly. About four years ago, the proponents in GenCom and others set up a group called Hydrogen Ireland to drive the hydrogen economy in, in Ireland and to inform people and create that opportunity. It was to build that awareness of what hydrogen can do in, in part of solutions to meet the, the, the climate crisis and to give Ireland that energy resilience we need from our renewables, both onshore and offshore. The association has grown to almost 500 members drawn from public private sectors all across Ireland and beyond. We link in with all of the different national hydrogen associations across Europe and we're helping create that European hydrogen picture and the global hydrogen opportunity. Where in Ireland, we have onshore wind, offshore wind, we have the future renewable opportunities in wave and tidal and geothermal, and how we build that technology picture of hydrogen opportunities, hydrogen availability, and develop all of the commercial opportunities in the hydrogen supply chain for the commercial growth and economic stability of the country, but also to create that energy resilience and that energy reserve as we transition from our complete reliance on fossil fuels to net zero by 2050 
and seeing hydrogen fits in that energy transition, making sure we have a just transition for all, for communities and for the economy as well and for industry, and that we leave no community stranded and we leave no asset stranded, and how we use hydrogen as that growth opportunity for that Ireland can be energy independent and also a net exporter of hydrogen because of the number of renewable opportunities we have. So um, next thing I wanted to ask you about is green hydrogen. Uh, could you briefly explain what that is and why it's going to be so important in the transition to net zero that you just mentioned? Ireland is in a, in a unique position where we have, as you said earlier, those renewable opportunities. If we're producing renewables or in producing hydrogen from renewables, you get green hydrogen. There are no fossil fuel footprints. Blue hydrogen can be produced from natural gas and there are other colours of hydrogen produced from fossil fuels and other transitions. Those are okay, those are good enough energy vectors in the transition to net zero, as long as they reduce our carbon footprint and our reliance on fossil fuels. They are what I call energy transitions and include biomethane and others. There'll be that energy mix to meet the European need and European opportunity to, to tackle climate crisis. Ireland has the unique opportunity, as I said, with our onshore and offshore renewables currently and in line to look at how we produce green hydrogen and green hydrogen only. So it has that zero fossil fuel footprint, is that zero CO2 footprint. We can go to net zero by 2050. We will deploy and employ other energy transitions in that stage as long as we get to that net zero. But Ireland, because of being an island, it can be a test bed for the new green hydrogen technologies and be an exemplar across Europe and the world for green hydrogen utilization deployment and all of the opportunities within that hydrogen supply chain. How do we look at that green hydrogen envelope and make sure that Ireland takes full benefit environmentally, socially and commercially from that green hydrogen production, deployment, distribution and use? That's great. So uh, in an article you wrote for Irish Tech News, uh, you spoke about the uh, you spoke about navigating the obstacles to green hydrogen deployment. So could you explain a bit about what these obstacles are and how they can be overcome? As we said, 10 years ago, we were some of the lone voices in hydrogen, and it's about creating awareness, creating a perception, and creating an appetite. We've become over-reliant on fossil fuels. They're easy. We've become lazy. You flick of a switch, flick of a button. And it's that reliance that we need to get away from. We need to wean ourselves off that. That's some of the, ma the major obstacles. Introducing hydrogen and green hydrogen and other energy vectors are a challenge. And a challenge at the best of times because we're looking for people to change. We're looking for people to change from fossil fuel-driven mobility, diesel petrol cars, to battery electric vehicles, fuel cell electric vehicles, and to make that change. So some of the major obstacles are in people's awareness and people's perception and people's acceptance. Other obstacles are making sure legislation is in place to help promote that, help address that challenge and overcome the pain of transition. Because as we look at the green economy, this change in the economy will bring shocks. Those shocks will be both positive for some, some industries and some communities and giving them opportunities, but there'll also be negative shocks where industry will have to transition from their reliance on fossil fuels to new green opportunities and to reduce their CO2 footprints. That will come at a cost. So how do we overcome those challenges, address those technical challenges, commercial challenges, and the social challenges of the transition to net zero? And that acceptance of all the different mix of energy vectors that we will have, as we said, it will be a hybrid solution that will bring us to net zero. There's not one single solution. 
Hayden is not the silver bullet, as I call it, it's a silver buckshot. It will sit in partnership with battery electric vehicles uh, and other zero carbon fuels to meet those challenges. So those obstacles have to be overcome. We've been led by both governments in the North and the South have a vision for hydrogen, they have a vision for that net zero. You'll have seen the, the DERA Green Growth Challenge uh, came out just before Christmas, they had the consultation, and that's looking at how we address it in all of our sectors, not just in agriculture, but across all. The Northern Ireland Energy uh, Bill came out, the Energy Draft came out, and that's also hydrogen sitting in the middle of that. We have the Climate Action Plan we released late last year with the Irish government. And within the Climate Action Plan, they have identified hydrogen as one of those pathways. They're now going to go out and form and consult to see how they reach these targets, reach these goals. And there will be different annexes and different uh, drivers coming from the Climate Action Plan. So everybody's moving in the right direction. Everybody addresses the challenge, recognizes the challenge, but it's to make sure that we move in cohesion and that, as I said, we make that just transition where no communities left behind and no industries left stranded. So investments are not stranded and how we utilize and maximize all of the opportunities on the pathway. Yeah. So um, I was reading an article yesterday where Wind Energy Ireland were calling on the government to develop a green hydrogen strategy. And I was just going to ask you, do you think this will happen in the near future? And could there be a point in time where it's too late for the government to make like significant change? No, I don't think it's going to be too late. The, the government have looked at the, the different opportunities. They have addressed them in their climate action plan and they're going down, as we said, those different pathways to address that and to include all of the different opportunities there. They want to make sure that when they do make the step, they make the right step and it's an inclusive step. It focuses on green hydrogen and how they use and optimize green hydrogen to balance the renewable opportunities in Ireland. That's system energy integration to use it for storage and also to balance the more renewables coming in. How do we use hydrogen and other energy vectors to reduce curtailment and dispatch? Because as more renewables come online, you're going to have greater curtailment and, and greater asset uh, loss. So how do we use that to make sure we get the efficiencies we require? We have met with the, the Minister, Minister Ryan, a couple of weeks ago as Energy Ireland. He's welcoming the opportunities there and he opened it to researching with his team, both in the energy side and the transport side, how they use hydrogen to optimise Ireland's journey. As we said earlier, there's a vision there and that vision shared by all. We're an island. We have wonderful onshore and offshore renewable opportunities. We have the opportunity now to look at green hydrogen and become the green hydrogen leaders globally and that optimise that supply chain opportunities right across for every benefit of society and the economy. Become a demonstrator and work with others and partners, not just nationally but internationally, to make sure that we drive that forward. And the government's currently looking at that and the government will be looking at those opportunities and how they meet Ireland's needs first and then Ireland growth opportunity then following on from that. So um, you mentioned you've been working for quite some years now on all of this. So just wondering how has the industry changed since you began working on it? As I said, a number of years ago, there were a number of us pushing the stone up the hill. The hill's not getting any less steep. The stone's not getting any smaller. But there are a significant number of extra people helping push that stone. People realise the opportunity is there. They realise the need for change. And they've been driven by change. But yeah. my mother used to say, never waste a good crisis. We're in the middle of a climate crisis that has to be addressed. It must be addressed. There are no, there are no options there. There are no questions about that. 
So how do we use that to bring opportunity to industry and industry is stepping up for that? You have right bus in Ballymena producing hydrogen fuel double deckers, as I said, they're in, in trials in Belfast at the minute, in Dublin and all across the Europe and the globe. There are other energy value chain opportunities within the hydrogen value chain for industry to address. To look at all of those different opportunities in not just the production, the storage and distribution, but where do they see their niche? How, do, how does industry now pivot their business models to benefit from the new opportunities coming from the green economy? As we said, Ursula von der Leyen, the European Union, has said the twin pillars of recovery are digitalization and the green economy. That's been driven by legislation, investment, and funding all across Europe. And Irish industry is well placed to benefit from that. Look at how their current models can be pivoted to meet the opportunities, address the challenges, and reap the benefits environmentally and socially for the Irish DLC. And industry is up to that. Industry is rising to that. We have, as I said, the numbers of members in Hydrogen Ireland. That's from multinationals down to state-owned and other SMEs. You also have Hydrogen Mobility Ireland, looking at the mobility challenges there. And industry recognise those challenges. Industry recognise those challenges bring opportunity. And the agility of Irish industry to meet that is wonderful. They're there and they see Hydrogen as that opportunity to grow post-COVID and secure the opportunities there. So um, I was reading yesterday some of the work you've written about smart hydrogen. I was just wondering, could you just briefly explain like what that is? One of the, the, the opportunities that we have is not just to use hydrogen for mobility. Don't just address the low-hanging fruit and possibly waste opportunity. Smart hydrogen is how we look at the full hydrogen value chain and how we address those challenges by getting greater environmental and economic value for the hydrogen. How do we look at the hydrogen topography of Europe? Different regions will have different access to renewables and different opportunity then for that hydrogen production. It's not going to be one size fits all. So how do we look at that hydrogen topography and get best value, not just economically, but best value environmentally, socially, and commercially for that hydrogen by looking at different uses, by optimizing that use of hydrogen through education, R&D, and different technological deployment. We have enough technology in place to meet the 2030 uh, carbon reduction targets, but we need new technology and additional uh, R&D to bring us to the targets for 2050. That's where the smart hydrogen comes in. How do we look at it with better vision and better opportunity to get better returns? And measure those returns, as I said, not just in euros or pounds, shillings and pence, but in the CO2 reduction, in the harder to abate sectors. How do we use hydrogen to address those sectors? The steel industry, heavy transport and others. <clears throat> How do we use hydrogen then in a smarter, more intelligent way to get those harder sectors to decarbonize and accelerate the journey to 2050. 2050 is a, a limit, it's not a target. So we can accelerate different parts of the journey by optimizing hydrogen in smarter ways and other energy vectors to get those CO2 emitters uh, reduced, to bring them down quicker and accelerate that journey, as I said. Yeah, so um, just my penultimate question for you. Can you tell me a bit about your plans for the year ahead and what you're hoping to achieve in 2022 and beyond. 2022 is a, is a big year for Hydrogen Ireland and the hydrogen industry in Ireland. We have just appointed uh, a new PCO uh, for our conference in November. The Hydrogen Ireland conference is looking at the European journey to net zero with hydrogen as an energy vector. 
We have the Bart Buyback, the CEO of Fuel Cell Hydrogen Joint Undertaking, which is now called the Clean Hydrogen Alliance, coming over 24th and 25th of February to Ireland. We're discussing with him plans for a hydrogen valley application from Ireland into the FCH for funding to look at that smart hydrogen journeys that we've talked about, how we look at the different opportunities in Ireland and put together that hydrogen valley bid. We're looking at the challenges that Irish industry faces and working with industry hand in hand and with the public sector to make sure we inform, we engage, and we accelerate, as you said, that journey. The GenCom project has moved into phase two. We're led by the mobility projects we're looking at. We have Dr. Roy Monahan and Tag Cummins in the University of Galway looking at that enabling support tool and deploying that for bus mobility and looking at how we increase that mobility by using hydrogen, not just in Ireland, but with our partner countries in Germany and in Luxembourg, and deploying that as an exemplar and a pilot across Europe. The results of GenCom, the wind to hydrogen, biohydrogen, solar hydrogen, deploying those, disseminating those, and increasing the communication from those. We're looking at other opportunities and projects with partners, both nationally and internationally, how to again engage in that hydrogen model. One of the big ones we're looking at is the geothermal, the forgotten cousin of renewable, how we use that renewable opportunity there to produce hydrogen and increase the hydrogen trajectory and the hydrogen technology pathways. And again, come back to that smart use. We're looking at developing a hydrogen catalyst, which is the pre-runner to a hydrogen catapult, how we engage with industry and push them forward. And then eventually have a hydrogen catapult within the next two to three years that will work with industry, accelerate the research and development and the deployment then of those projects into industry and the community and drive that forward. There's a full raft of projects and initiatives that we have started last year. We want to continue this year and bring new ones in this year about driving community, industry and partnership across the heads and pathways. We will continue our work with the islands. We have projects with Valencia Island and Rathen Island off the coast of Antrim. And that's looking at 360 degree zero carbon tourism. And it's making sure that there's no impact, only an imprint of tourism and how we get to that by using hydrogen as one of the vectors uh, as an energy factor for not just the transport, but for the fleet, for the ferry transport to the islands and looking at the research and development on that. So again, reducing that carbon footprint across all sectors. And we're working with Energy Ireland co-ops and the different work that they're doing to feed into that and inform what they're doing and return, they'll, they'll work with us. So it's that partnership that we're working with all across Ireland and our international partners to make sure the hydrogen journey continues, the hydrogen journey uh, will reach the, the targets it sets and goes beyond with the new research and development targets and the research and development projects we have, Shane. That's great, thanks. Uh, hopefully the heads of success for you, the work you're doing and have done is uh, very impressive. So um, just finally, where can people find out more about you and what you do and keep up to date with what you do? Shane, we've touched on it a number of times during the, the conversation here. One of our biggest targets is communication and dissemination, making sure that we bring people with us, making sure that people are well informed to make the decisions and that people engage in that hedging conversation. So Irish Tech News and events such as this are wonderful because we can keep doing our research and development and deployment, but unless we get the findings out there, the results out there, and get people engaging in the decision support tool and the enabling support tool, we haven't succeeded in our public engagement. That's one of the big work plans within the GenCom project on the Interreg Northwest Europe. 
We must engage all the time that Hydrogen Ireland does. We have a full work and comms package within the GenCom project, and we engage in that. You can get us on the GenCom website, Hydrogen Ireland website. We also have the Community Hydrogen Forum, and that's about building that public interface where people can come onto the forum, have questions, positioned, answered, seek information. They can get data and that that they need. So we engage people with CH2F through the GenCom website, have a look at that. And it's about public engagement. We need to trans to populate this journey to net zero. We need, as I've said a number of times during the, the interview here this morning, it has to be a just transition to net zero. We must make sure our key goal of generating energy secure communities are met that we set out in GenCom. Give communities that resilience, that information, and that backing that they can make that transition to net zero and build stronger communities as a result. Instead of being at the end of that energy paradigm, they're now in charge of that and setting their own targets and working towards their own goals of community resilience and community stability. That information is, as I said, in our GenCom website. We're working across different projects in HUGE and Seafuel and other partners across that. Their details are on our website as well. We've set up a group called Hydrogen Alliance with Dr. Paul Farah in University of Galway as well. And that's three projects working hand in hand. Again, key goal of promoting and disseminating our findings, informing the public, advising the public bodies and the governments across Europe how to make that transition to net zero and how to use hydrogen as a key energy vector in that transition. So the publications, the communications, the papers are as critical a part of our work as the research and development. It's about information and bringing the public with us and making sure that transition to net zero encompasses everybody and leaves nobody behind. That's great, Paul. Thanks. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for your time. Shane, my pleasure. And I said, without the, the flames of publicity that Irish Tech and others provide, the, our flame of our work will be, will be hidden and nobody will see it. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.